Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over a hundred casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. Eighteen plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi, welcome to Remote Controlled Variety's TV podcast. I'm Deborah Birnbaum. Every week, we'll bring you conversations with some of the best and brightest in television, working behind and in front of the camera. On today's episode, TV critic Sonia Soraya and I chat with the stars of Outlander, Katrina Balfi and Tobias Menzies, about what we can expect from the new season. Stay tuned. I'm Deborah Birnbaum from Variety. And I'm Sonia Soraya. And it's my pleasure to welcome Katrina and Tobias from Outlander. Hi. Hi. Thank you guys so much for joining us. Nice Thank to be here. Thank you for having us, yeah. Well, congratulations on season three. Thank How you. How does it feel? The big, after the big drought lander. The, <laughs> yeah. I'm going to find out what happened. Yeah, it's, um, no, it's exciting to be, have the show back and um, see what people make of it all. Yeah, we've... Um, been a while making it, hasn't it? Yeah, I mean, I think we've, we've been in production for just over 10 months, so mm. it's like a birth of so in some ways. <laughs> yeah. like we, we birthed child. out season three. <laughs> so, And it, it's your goodbye tour, right? I mean, I don't know if that's like a secret that the audience doesn't know, but... Yeah, I've sort of lost track as well, but yes. <laughs> um, yeah, check with all the people, but yes, um, these are, yeah, this are both characters uh, burn off in this season. Yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> one, two in one blow. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Is it going to be hard for you to say goodbye to them? Um, yes, it will. It's been, um, uh, it's been a great journey of like three, three and a half, almost four years now. Um, yeah, it's been... You know, made some great friends. Um, I think we've made some, uh, yeah, some uh, some episodes and some TV that I'm incredibly proud of. And um, yeah, so it's been a big part of my life, and so um, I will miss it all. And um, and also just two, you know, obviously a very unusual thing to be asked to play two different characters in the same show. And so yeah, and that doesn't come along very often. So. Yeah. On the other hand, it's great you don't have to be like a super evil person all the time. <laughs> I, I have to say that, black, like, of all of the, I mean, having watched some of your other characters mm. too, like, Blackjack is the scariest person <laughs> to watch. <laughs> on the oh, I mean, that's great to hear. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I, I mean, I, I quite like hanging out with him. I don't mind. So, I don't know what that says about me. But um, yes, he's, um, yeah, he's a. Uh, He's a bit of a fuck up, isn't he? He's complicated. Complicated. He's got issues. Honest. Yeah, he's got yeah, issues. He just needed a good therapy session, yeah. and he would have been fine. But all would have been well. So, can you tell us a little bit about where your characters are going to be at the beginning of season three? Yeah, I mean, season three, where we pick up is pretty much where we left off at the end of episode one, season two. Mm -hmm. So we see Claire and Frank in Boston. Right. Um, Claire is pregnant. Um, and, you know, they're, they have this very <laughs> delicate pact that they've made where they're going to put all the information that uh, Claire has departed or imparted upon Frank mm. to the one side. Um, Claire is a woman sort of in the process of grief, um, but it's not something she can uh, express. 
um, and they're trying to build a life together. Um, but it's very, uh, it's a very tenuous situation, I think. Yeah, it's a kind of exploration of deeply compromised, um, imperfect love. Um, these two people who. I mean, we hope, we sort of tried to put as much kind of love and and, uh, tenderness and compassion and uh, goodwill sort of shot through the whole relationship. But they, you know, they, it's sort of, there's a strange kind of uh, disconnect and it's sort of ultimately doomed. Um, I mean, the major change, obviously, is the arrival of this child at the end of episode one. And um, I think that certainly in different ways impacts both characters pretty strongly and maybe not in the way that you'd entirely expect i mean i think to begin with frank the idea of taking you know being father to this child is a, a price that he's willing to pay to have claire back but actually it, it, as it plays out um uh, you know frank does most of the parenting and he's the one that becomes very close to this child and ultimately um claire is kind of left out in the mm. a cold a bit and mm. it's a, it's a kind of nice reversal and i think ultimately um the, the child and, and how he feels about this child allows uh, frank to move on and sort of replaces uh, claire and his affections and yeah, yeah so that's kind of uh and some of that feels quite, you know, obviously we're in a period of time when, you know, f- fathers doing most of the caring was not that normal. And, and so those are, you know, those are some of the re- quite, I mean, that's what often is, is good about Diana's writing. Is it, can just, you know, it has those sort of unusual kind of takes on mm-hmm. period, what you expect a period to be. And mm-hmm. you're kind of like, oh, why does this, why does this feel quite modern yeah, and quite probably, now? And, she likes to buck the trend. Yeah, um, I think she's good at that. Um, so... Yeah, I mean, there was it was a lot to pack in in three episodes. We had to sort of arc this sort of twenty-year marriage as it sort of goes through various sort of iterations of sort of starting off with maybe the hope of this child and then going into, but that still doesn't quite fix it. And so then they go into a pretty rough patch where they're kind of tearing at each other in a slightly kind of uh, who's afraid of Virginia Woolf kind of way. Um, <laughs> and then it settles into something, you know, more resigned and sadder, actually. Kind it's of quite like, so. yeah, yeah, I think ultimately it's, it's a lot of, it's just weighed with a lot of disappointment and res- resignation ultimately is sort of where they end up and it's almost kind of worse. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. It's sort of heartbreaking as what was once sort of this wonderful love story or a love story trying to find itself kind of disintegrates. I don't want to give anything away, but, you know, the, just watching it happen was yeah. heartbreaking. Well, that's the thing, you know. Uh, we really wanted to retain the fact that at a certain point this was a, a happy and produ- like productive relationship. Mm-hmm. You know, they... Had Claire not experienced something that was so much deeper and, uh, you know, touched her soul rather than just touched her heart, she probably could have come back and been very happy with Frank. And I think for Frank, having learned of the betrayal, it's hard to move past that. But at the same point, there are two people who have a lot of respect for each other. There's still a lot of love there. It just may not be in the passionate sense that it once was but definitely in a platonic sense it's there mm-hmm. it's amazing sorry just gonna say how much frank embraces fatherhood in that he's staring at a daughter who's got red hair which is kind of a constant reminder mm-hmm. right she's like the spitting image i remember this in the books too that it's like frequently said how much she just resembles jamie and yeah that's a living reminder for well, it's claire. interesting because it that definitely does change the dynamic i mean for claire you know it's it's almost um, 
you know, it's a taboo for her to re- remember Jamie. You know, she she's not allowed to sort of speak his name. She's not allowed to talk about him or or bring that that uh, memory forward in any way with with the people around her. But yet, Brianna is there constantly, day to day. Um, and I think that that and the secrets, obviously, that she's carrying is, is what really drives a wedge between her relationship with Brianna and makes it very difficult for her to have. Um, yeah, a, a sort of you know honest, honest bond with her daughter. But interestingly, for Frank, it's almost easier that he doesn't. Uh, Again, I think that's a, a, a nice little wrong-footing thing is that you'd expect the father to be more troubled by the fact that the child doesn't look like anything like him. But actually, it ends up being more troubling for Claire to look at this sort of. The sort of tiny Jamie in their lives. <laughs> um, Scary thought. <laughs> um, tiny Jamie. female Jamie. Um, um, and so actually, Frank gets along with it a lot. He's able to kind of get around that slightly more easily than, than ultimately Claire is. Um, yeah. I want to get back to the point you were bringing to about, you know, the way Diana's writing challenges the period. I mean, Claire is pretty much a feminist icon. I mean, she kind of goes out there and she's establishing a career and pursuing what she wants. What did that mean for you to be able to play a character like that? Well, you know, what's great about it is I think a lot of the time it's easy to see Claire as this um, strong, powerful woman when you put her in the context of a modern woman in um, the past and in a patriarchal society like that. But when, especially episode one, when we see Claire um, accompany Frank to the dean's office and you see him put her down for having, you know, a political opinion um, or, you know, thoughts on, on women going to university, that you see then, and I've always believed that that's the very moment that she decides she's going to go to medical school. And so what I loved about Claire is that she's not, you know, breaking glass ceilings in the past but in in our future in the show as well and so it's much more um definitive for it's much more a definition of her as a strong character no matter where she is rather than just um someone who's modern and has come back into the past with forward thinking ideas yeah (laughs) Brush your teeth. (laughs) (laughs) Don't smoke. Vitamins. (laughs) Eat your greens. Buy apple stuff. So you aged 20 years in three episodes, right? (laughs) More or less. We we decided to go method with that. Yeah, we're still shooting it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, We just got old. No, I mean, that was one of the... That was kind of tricky. I mean, I I felt like... I think obviously you did some makeup to help us, um, but I, it was kind of hard, given how we were shooting stuff, to do too much kind of obvious physical kind of you know like being hunched over. I mean, I, I, it felt like it was more we told it through kind of emotional weights mm-hmm. that they sort of it just accrues, and you can see them being kind of as I say towards the end resigned, and that's and that's how you see that they're older rather mm-hmm. than you know. You know, groaning when they got up from chairs and well, stuff. Well, they're also, they're not that old. Yeah, I mean, no. Claire is 50, Frank's probably, what, 57 maybe or something like that. Yeah. You know, and, and uh, you know, for us, especially when we started talking about the hair and makeup and whether or not prosthetics would be involved, we also just looked at, you know, are the people on the makeup department who are that age and actually, you know, they all look pretty good. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, yeah. you know, I, I think... 
it, it would definitely to speak to what Tobias just said you know it's more about how does experience and how does your life weigh on you um, you know people it may not even be necessarily that you carry yourself differently but you interact with people slightly differently you just or, get sadder so yeah. much sadder <laughs> yeah. so. so much to look forward to um, I don't know, but, it, but it's also how you know when you're living sort of a compromised life as both of these characters are you know, for Claire, anyway, she's put this, which I, which has always been such a huge part of her personality. Her sexuality has been completely shelved. Mm-hmm. Um, so that kind of gives somebody a little bit of rigidity or hardness, yeah. hardness, mm. and and that's kind of more what I was looking to explore than, you know, does she have deeper crow's feet around her eyes mm-hmm. or. Yeah. Um, you know, and I think it's it's much more it's much more of an interesting challenge um, to examine that stuff as an actor. Yeah, agreed. Can you give us a hint to what happens after? The I brought all the scripts with me. <laughs> Thank um, you. I'm happy to read them. Thank you very much. That's lovely of you. Um, happens after in terms of uh, after what? Well, in the so in the finale, you know, where we have like the big so it's like at the end of the 20 year thing that you guys depict in the first three episodes, the season two finale, they're there at the Standing Stones, Brianna right. sees Galus mm-hmm. go through, right? Jillian, I guess. Uh, and uh, okay, so now what? So um, <laughs> she uh, finds a coven and lives happily ever after. <laughs> no, I mean, you know, I think this season is is very unusual. I mean, our our show always is on a a, a very forward trajectory. I mean, we never stay in one place too long mm-hmm. at any point. I mean, that's been the case season one and season two and. This season is definitely no different, but I think it's almost in a in a more exaggerated or more amplified way. Um, you know, the season is also about transitions. We eventually leave Scotland behind. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's not a huge spoiler. Mm-hmm. Um, no lightning strikes. Be good. <laughs> <laughs> um, and you know, the, it's taken from the book Voyager, so there's a, a substantial voyage involved. Um, <laughs> And we will head towards the new world. But I, I think it's it's a really interesting um, season this year. It's very, there's so many different components. We're going to meet so many new players, um, really interesting characters. You know, there's some coming up which are my favorites. Um, like I, I think I can say the characters' names, can't I? Like Elias Pound and Father Fogden are two of my favorites. Um, and, and, you know, I, it's it's... At the core, it will always be, I think, the the Jamie and Claire of it all. It will ground it and will keep, you know, this this central identity. But we really throw a lot of our, uh, you know, usual uh, faces and places out with the dishwater. <laughs> so we'll see. We'll see how that uh, how that goes. Yeah. How um, faithful is it to the book? Um, I mean, I can't speak to later on in the series, but uh, in in the season three. But um, I mean, uh, the stuff with I mean, my most m- main involvement was Frank in these uh, first three episodes. 
I mean, that's a, a degree of departing from the books. But I think, I mean, all the stories, I think, are relayed within the fabric of the stories, just not maybe not in the, not in the direct way. You don't go to the scene of the, you know, um, they are often recounted third person. But mm. it, I think all, all, the, all the stuff that happens and that we see happening is, is in there. Um, yeah, they've just been sort of folded in together and, uh, and sort of played live, as it were. Um, so, no, I mean, I think... The, the showrunners are—they're pretty—they're very dedicated and committed to realizing the books in all their kind of facets. Um, and so, yeah, I think they, the fans can trust that they're in pretty good hands. They—they—they they, they, they keep a pretty strong eye, eye, yeah. eye on that, don't they? I think I mean, that Outlander fans are like rival Game of Thrones fans in terms of like, well, in the book, this oh, yeah. I, I, I hope there's huge crossover. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure there, I mean, I'm sure there likes to slag off George quite a bit because I think those two are quite good friends. Um, they, they apparently have, which I think I would love to be a fly on the wall to see, but they apparently have uh, breakfast at least once a month. In, Amazing. Um, yeah, that would be fantastic. Where is it? Coming I on know. <laughs> but George uh, and Diana. <laughs> because now I think I think as we uh, you know towards the end of the season, we definitely always have the same destinations in place. Uh, you know that the book does. I think sometimes, you know, this book probably more than any um, is much more fantastical in some ways. So some of that stuff is a little harder to realize in the television medium. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But I think it's it's a fairly faithful adaptation this season. What does it mean to you to have a show that has such a passionate fan base? I tweeted one photo the other day, and it was just like, <laughs> I, I was a little overwhelmed. <laughs> so I can't imagine what it's like for you to be on the other side of that. Um, it's it's a little overwhelming, but in the most uh, positive way, I suppose. You know, it's I, when I, th- I think for both of us, we entered into this uh, series slightly naive to the um, depth of passion that there were for the book series, um, and you never know if fans of books are, are going to, you know join you on your journey with the TV show but we were very lucky that they they sort of transferred their love over and they um, you know they connected to what we were doing and I mean it's just been positive I think all around Mm. Um, yeah um, yeah I mean it's it's not it's not not an aspect of it that I find that comfortable it's it's um, it's a it's a it's a complicated relationship I mean obviously it's um they are who bias doesn't do well with adoration when people try and compliment him or so you know give him yeah. give him too much attention he, he gets very shy I start, to, I start to blink a lot and so yeah. shit um, um, and yet yeah. he's an actor <laughs> yeah, I know there are nice the dichotomy of exactly. the device but you know, no, this, is, this is a common misnomer I think uh, I think actors often are kind of weirdly kind of shy um, so, uh, um, I will have to answer your question. <laughs> I think I'm shaking, shaking her head. <laughs> Do you not think that's true? I mean, I think it can be true. I'm just not sure it's true about you. Um, you don't think I'm shy? <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> but you just said I didn't like taking compliments. I was Is kind that... of taking the piss. Oh. <laughs> but it's also uh, kind of true. It's a no. podcast. I can't see your face. So. <laughs> um I mean, it's um, absolutely it's a huge, a huge part of uh, the show, and the success of the show is, um, as you say, this very dedicated um, uh, fan base that we have, and that's you know is a really rich 
sort of thing for us but um certainly when we're making it i sort of find i have to kind of slightly put that to the side mm-hmm. I, I don't find it that helpful to worry about uh how people feel about the choices we're making i think you just have to be kind of like uh, committed to just doing the best show you think and then trust that people will kind of get on board with that um yeah. right with the enthusiasm comes pressure of course yeah, and I just the, the sort of the conversation, the artistic conversation that you're having. There's a lot of voices anyway with you know the different actors and the writers, and that's plenty to be going on with to try and get those all kind of um, realised without adding kind of twenty-seven million people. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, that's the thing you can yeah. never you can never play anything for the result. No, you know, for exactly. the reaction. That's a better way of putting and, it. And, yeah. um, you know where it's really nice to know that we've connected with an audience. Um, you can't make your decisions based on what they're going to think mm-hmm. yeah because that's in that's, that's a good way of putting it it's about the process and if you get the process right then hopefully the you know that will result in good material you can't go we have we need to end up here you know so um, how closely do you work with ron moore are you in the writer's room is he on set with you are you interacting with him and seeing the direction that you want to go for your, either of your characters would you like to answer that question um, you know, Ron is uh, obviously such an incredible storyteller. Um, this season, actually, we have uh, Matt B. Roberts and Tony Graffia are pretty much our on-set creative uh, showrunner and our writer's room showrunner. Our writer's room is in um, California, so no, we're never in the writer's room. <laughs> no. um, but, you know, Ron is still very much part of the show, um, and it's it's nice. It's nice that we have this sort of trifecta of really um, strong, creative people who are guiding us. And I think, you know, it's uh, part of the pull for us doing this show was Ron's previous body of work and mm. what a talent he was. I think we were all just so excited to be able to work with him. Mm. And that's uh, it's proved very fortunate. For t- t- what am I trying to say? Fortuitous? Both of those words together. Fortifoot. Yeah, I mean, it, I think, yeah. For, <laughs> I mean, I, um, I mean, yes, the, the, the particular sort of configurations has changed. Uh, I think um, Ron has some some responsibilities outside of the show as well as our show now. So, uh, as, I, uh, as Kat said, um, Matt and uh, Tony, I think, are sort of po- t- taking a bit more of a lead position. But I mean, he's you know he's still across everything, and um, you know on the end of a phone. And yeah, I mean, I think um, you know, it's always a constant uh, negotiation about you know um, the input, uh, uh, one you know uh, the conversation that happens between uh, a group of actors and the and the writers, um, and that's I think continued to be um, you know a productive thing uh, and uh, and I, I I think is important to most successful shows I think is that, yeah, yeah I also should add like Meryl Davis is also one of Sorry, our yes, executive we're producers Meryl, yes. and you know we have a we have a really great strong team mm. um, above us so it's it's nice yes does Diana ever come to set does she yeah, Diana visits. I mean, yeah. this, you know, she's constantly... Uh, did she come this season? Yeah, she came okay. to visit in South Africa. Of course um, she did. <laughs> what, not coming but on? She's, she's a consultant on the show. Right. Um, and I think that, you know, that's a, a really... Um, a relationship that the writers really value. I think, you know, she's 
she's a force of nature, but she knows these books so well that, you know, she has an invaluable um, input yeah. to give to the show. She wrote an episode last season. She didn't do it this season because I think she's deep in writing her ninth book. Um, you know, yeah. it's your, your she really future. should try and up her out, in, output. <laughs> <Yeah>. She's... Uh, <laughs> I know yeah. some people just don't make an effort, do they? Mm-hmm. Come on. Is, and is that part of that's part of the Outlander series too? She's still writing your adventures, essentially, right? I think yeah, she's yeah. writing the ninth book in the series. I do think she also finished another book this season, or you know, while we were making this season, that's an accompaniment or mm-hmm. something. Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. obviously, the woman doesn't work enough. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's Frank's inner monologue, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yes. I think I'm, I'm not sure about that. Um, and Tobias is going to take that on the road as a one-man show, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. selling out all over the country. <laughs> At a mall near you. No, he's just going to sit in the middle of a stage and think his inner monologue. Yeah, right. And <laughs> see if people can hear it. <laughs> sort of like an installation piece. Yeah. Yeah, very avant-garde. Yeah. But at the other hand, no one will compliment you, and so you'll get yes, to avoid so that. so I'll be very comfortable. I'll be like, phew, thank God. <laughs> yes. I was just like... <laughs> yes. Was there a scene this season that was particularly hard or challenging for you to get through? Well, well there was one that was particularly hard to get through because yeah, you almost I, uh, died halfway yeah, through it. We were shooting um, the scene where uh, Katrina throws the uh, ashtray at me, and... Uh, I managed to brain myself on one of the cameras, and, um, and well, I mean, no, no badly, oh, like, really no. badly. Oh no! Eight stitches. Oh my god! Yeah, it, uh, he, he half scalped himself, but yeah, because there's uh, the front of the camera, these little uh, tubes which you can mount stuff on. Well, it was, a, it was a protective screen because uh, that's right. It was because the cameras were all behind Tobias, and oh. I had to throw this ashtray, and I was sort of worried about who I was going to hit with it because I was like, guys, I, I'm not very good at throwing things in a you know, particular direction. <laughs> it could go anywhere. So they put a protective screen on the camera. And then we were doing a take where I was just sort of dirty so that my sort of shoulder was in the shot looking at Kat. And as the, obviously I was meant to sort of turn as the... Um, as the ash, yeah, duck as the ashtray came across, and so I took, and I, the camera had just it was closer than I realised, and I sort of turned and sort of <gasps> on this bit of tubing like scalped him, scooped out a, a bunch of um, a sort of strip of my scalp. It was fun, but then of, everyone also came up to me and was like, "Don't worry, it's okay, he's going to be fine." <laughs> Because they all thought that I'd actually just hit him with the ashtray. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, it wasn't me. It's not like, I know I like to get the blame no, it's for everything. Menzies but just like headbutting cameras. <laughs> yeah. But no, that so was... That was uh, so anyway, it took, we had to come back, you know, six weeks later or however it was to, to and finish off. Yeah, the rest of my, but, yeah, on my direction. Right? Was it, yeah. have we done me? We'd done all of you. Right, and had to finish up on you, right, yeah. So yeah. Sorry about that. That's all right. <laughs> yeah, so that took a while. That was an an eight week scene. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. Did they have to like cover, like, did you, so you had to take six weeks off of filming? No. um, I I think I was back shooting quicker than that. Because it was in the headline, they stitched up um, this very uh, brilliant plastic surgeon in, in Glasgow. Um, who really sorted me out and yeah so he uh, sort of sorted it out and it healed up pretty quick mm-hmm. and then it, and then they were able to sort of sweep the sort of hair across right. 
Right. Uh, so, you know, just to, just do the. It was because it was in the hairline. Actually, we were able to shoot. Not. I mean, we, I think we were all kind of we like just propped maybe. him up with some painkillers, yeah. <laughs> and yeah, they yeah. were like, "Is he good to go? Yeah, yeah. yeah. he's fine." <laughs> Blood. <sort of>. <laughs> <laughs> just work it into the script. It'll be yeah. fine. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, so that was um So what's happening in the scene with the ashtray? Are you throwing it at him? Um, it is uh, rather a, a, a heated and fiery uh, fight that Claire and Frank get into. Um, that's the it, scene in that one. Yeah. Uh, when, um, yeah, when I touch her belly at the breakfast table and then she sort of reacts and it sort of then the scene goes off and she walks away into the living room and, um, yeah, I say I'm not... I'm not the one who's been fucking other people, I think is the line that yeah. triggers the, that triggers the uh, ashtray, the, the ashtray throwing. Oh, well, um, I think it's, yeah, it's the first time, I, you know, because in that scene we were playing with the idea that this pregnancy has, you know, they've been able to tiptoe around the elephant in the room because of the pregnancy and they've yeah. probably been able to avoid, you know, intimacy and sex because, you know, she's pregnant and all of these things. And it's the first time that Frank forces Claire to address what has happened or to address the fact that they're not really engaging with each other in any meaningful way and and it's painful it's painful for both of them so they um and then they, it was painful head butting the camera and then it was painful for Yeah. well it was a pleasure speaking with you guys best of luck on the season thank, thank you, you so much thanks so much for having thank thanks. thanks a lot Thanks for listening to today's show. We'll be back next time with another great episode. We'll be talking to Uber producer Carlton Cuse about the series finale of his hit show, The Strain. See you next time. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.